Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Last week on the episode of the Blackpool Content Club, we asked the question, what is AEW missing? Well, whatever it was, they seem to have found it, because it seems like AEW might be fixed now. We're Maybe. fickle! Yay, fickle wrestling fans! We're fickle wrestling Woo! fans! AEW, AEW, <laughs> AEW. I know that. All the products change a little bit. We're going to talk about it. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Rest Talk Podcast, the Blackpool Content Club episode. I'm Pete Quinnell. I'm joined by Tempest, uh, and we don't have a Luke again. Um, is that is that replacing the championship? Now? I guess it's kind of close to another guy's thing. So tap we'll tap. Yeah, yeah, you can't get away with that these days. No gimmick infringement. Gimmick infringement. Uh, Luke is off this week. He's ill uh, this time, uh, so he he can't be here for this episode again. So it's just me t- me and Tempest once more. But last week. On this uh, Friday episode of the Russell Podcast, we spoke about what is AEW missing, and we went through various bits and pieces and spoke about all the things that contribute to a, a an underwhelming feeling towards the AEW product, and kind of like a a change in perception and kind of like fan fatigue a little bit. And since that episode has come out, we've had Full Gear, which was awesome, and then we had the episode of Dynamite, uh, following Full Gear as well, also great. Uh, and you would have heard me and uh, Ollie talk about it on our Dynamite review uh, yesterday on the Rustop Podcast channel as well. That it felt like very much like a, a hard reset show as well, as it normally is post pay There was a lot of things that kind of got uh, set up, a lot of things paid off, a lot of things changed. And I think there's, there's various um, uh, tangible things you can say that have changed, like the elite have come back and that changes the complexion of AEW and things like that. But for me, the biggest thing that has changed is the vibe. So what it, you're saying is the thing that's changed for you the most is the intangibles. Go on. You're right, son. Uh, yeah, it, it is genuinely a feeling surrounding the product when I'm watching it that it just feels nicer in the same way that I prefer watching SmackDown over Raw because it feels better. There's a better vibe to SmackDown than there is to Raw. And there is a better vibe to this Dynamite than there has been to previous Dynamites. And I don't know if it, if it is a tangible thing, and maybe it is just like we're getting past the brawl-out stage of AEW's history, and now it's kind of like we've gotten past that and we're just moving on to the next phase of AEW's history and it feels like renewed. Or whether it is just like, it's just better. So it feels better. I don't know what it is. But I like it. 
I'm very glad that they've done it. And it does feel like the product has been fixed a little bit. I'm not going to go so far as to say fixed because right. I think it will take a number of weeks in a row of mm. steady quality programming in order to properly fix the problems that they had. I don't think their problems were ones that could be fixed overnight or in a week or anything like that. It's just going to be a bit more of a long haul, but I think great strides were made over the last seven days between this episode of Dynamite, this AEW pay-per-view. I mean, Luke and I sat here doing our live reactions and saying this was exactly the kind of show that AEW needed, and I still very much feel that way. It was a show that felt like it had a lot of optimism involved. It wasn't a show that was reliant on some of the things that people criticized AEW for, where it's like, oh, their big shows only feel cool and feel special because of these big debuts or returns or whatever. Didn't have any of that at the pay-per-view. It was just good matches, good storytelling, the right people winning matches, good mm -hmm. booking, all that sort of thing. And that is the sort of thing where I can look at and be like, okay, it's not just like a fresh coat of paint. It's not a quick reset button and then you reboot the same system and it's still got the same problems. So it's like, no, okay, this is them actually starting to fix some of the things that were the problem. This is them moving forward with a little bit more of a clear vision of what they want to do and something that gels a little bit more with what the people want to see. These are the things that I think solve a lot more of their problems. But again, it's that sort of thing where you only get to see the results of that after a number of weeks or months of that happening. So I think it's a good start for sure. Mm. There's a lot of things that we talked about last week where they, they had a lot of issues, of course, and some of them still remain. Others, I think, have been kind of cleared up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure this is what we'll get into on this, this fine episode. I think the biggest thing that we mentioned on last week's episode that for me is a very noticeable change in the product is listening to the fans a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you can point to very specific things to be like, no, this is them actually like paying attention. Uh, for example, with Jamie Hayter, yep. that being the biggest one, I think, it's actually listening and being like, no, she's mega over, we're going to change our plans. And then, of course, on Dynamite, Thunder Rosa relinquishing the title, Jamie Hayter becoming the actual AEW Women's Champion now, um, which I think is a nice... Uh, it adds an extra layer to it. It doesn't have the asterisk of the interim attached to it now, which is really nice. And I think that, that one-two punch of her winning the title and then it not being the interim has kind of been like, oh, cool, yeah, no, AEW's listening again, this is great. And that in combination with other things like MGF winning and siding with Regal, I don't think MGF winning was ever really in question. I think that was always probably going to be the plan. But like it, an idea that people had had what would be Regal siding with MGF, and that's something that played out that people saw was coming. It was like, good, we wanted that. That's great. That's goodwill from the fans again. And even so far as the Elite coming back and losing their return match and then losing again on Dynamite, they lost in Chicago which is, again, what that crowd would want to see, is the mm -hmm. elite lose. It's just listening to your fans and giving them what they want. Not necessarily everything that they want, but just being more receptive to organic reactions to things. And I think that is something that we mentioned last week that they had been missing, because there was a lot of storylines throughout the year where they just plow ahead regardless of how people felt about things. And even in the last week, I can see several instances of that beginning to change. And not everything is fixed, of course. There's still some things I'm like, oh, I don't really think this should be on TV. But, you know, it is what it is. But there have been a lot more instances of me being like, this is good. I'm glad they're doing this. 
it makes sense that they're doing this and it's a it's a story or it's a character or a wrestler or whatever that fans have either like fantasy booked or things that they'd want to see and AEW just follow through on that fan feeling and use that to project into their own storylines and characters and wrestlers it just seems like a very positive step for me in the last seven days but that for me that is the biggest thing that i've noticed as a as a noticeable shift in the last week right and that's that sort of shift where again you won't see the long-term repercussions of a lot of things obviously like jamie Hayter winning the women's championship is is not like that that's a pretty like she is the champion now mm. she's going to be the centerpiece of the women's division at least for the foreseeable future here mm. so that that i'm i i won't harp on nearly as much whereas like a lot of the other examples that we talked about last week were things like eddie kingston and hook and ricky starks and ricky starks has gone a long way this week and hopefully we'll get a really nice big main event mm -hmm. championship match at winter is coming and that sort of thing as well but it's those type of organic reactions that then get put on the back burner as long as they stop doing that mm -hmm. And maybe find a way, Wardlow, another example, you know, as long as they can figure out a way to capitalize on those type of things more often, I think that will be a big step forward for them. And maybe, yeah, Jamie Hayter is kind of like the start of that. Mm -hmm. It's just a very organically popular star that, yeah, you're going to go with. I need to see that more frequently. And yes, again, we'll just keep reiterating. I think this is a good start. But uh, talk to me again in six months about this sort of thing, and we'll see how much I really feel like the problem has been fixed mm -hmm. all the way. Yeah, there are, there are so many different angles to this, of course, but like I do think that as well, a large portion of this 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 issue or the fixing of AEW and everything is now just knowing that like a twenty to thirty minute block of every show for the next two months will be filled with a fantastic match from the elite. It's and pretty them, big deal, that them being back, I think, helps this a lot. Regardless of how you personally feel about The Elite or Kenny Omega or Young Bucks or whoever, them on TV is intriguing television. Brawl out aside, just them doing a best of seven series with Death Triangle, that's fantastic. Those are going to be great matches, and it is television that they will put on that will have more importance put on it than a lot of the other things that we have seen. And just knowing that every time that you tune into Dynamite for the next, like, two months, you're going to see a large chunk of that show feel important. Mm -hmm. I think that is very, a huge thing for this show. Because you didn't get that guarantee between All Out and Full Gear. There still were those shows with really great segments and everything, don't get me wrong, but you didn't necessarily always have quite that, like there was a void. Mm. There was a void left by a lot of the people that are off the roster right now. And you just got back three massive pieces that you can now plug a large hole in the program with. And I think that will go a long way. I think that's a very, very good point. And I think this best of seven series is a very intriguing point. And maybe this, this is a little bit of a tangent on the, the whole AEW being fixed uh, conversation that we're having but the idea of the best of seven series um i think pretty much unanimously in the the wrestle talk office when that was announced all of us were like oh my god that's amazing i can't wait for this i've seen some people online be like 
you're doing the same match for the whole thing, which as as a, a bit of an aside, I think it's because they're such good wrestlers and there is a point to it. It's specifically a best of seven series, not we're going to do the same match every week for reasons, you know, there is a, an end point to this. And because they're such fantastic wrestlers is, you know, you're going to get a great match every week. Like you said, I think that's a bit different than doing like, you know, we're going to do Madcap Moss versus whoever. And we're going to do it again next week. Why? Yeah. I don't know, but we just are. I think, you know? and I don't want to sound condescending by any means, but I think people saying you're doing the same match every week is kind of a small way to look at this mm. because at the very least, sure, it's on paper, the elite versus death triangle seven times. Yeah. But this is a story and these matches will progress that story. Yeah. And already their match at the pay-per-view was not the same match as the one that they had on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they might have some of their, you know, they'll, they'll, they've got their spots that you'll throw in that will be the same in each each match. But the the story of the matches are all going to be different. It's mm -hmm. not going to be a rerun like we see in, you know, like a year ago we were looking at, you know, bits on SmackDown that just felt like, it's the same segment from a week ago, beat for beat, exactly the same. With no progression, It's right? not going to feel like that. And mm. if it is, yeah, I'll be disappointed too. But I cannot fathom a world in which every match is just the same. Mm -hmm. No, there's going to be some progression there. It's going to feel like a story where the match at, at number seven, match if it goes seven, if, the, if this series goes to seven matches... That seventh match is not going to look anything like match one or match two. No. You know, it's like, it's like you can go out there and have like a one nil baseball game in a best of seven series and then go out there and have another one nil baseball game. But that one nil baseball game won't be exactly the same. Mm. There will be different storylines going in that game. And this is the sort of thing where we don't see best of seven series very often in wrestling. But when you do see it, it's almost a way to really kind of inject more of that sports feeling mm. into it where you don't throw the bells and whistles onto every match. You don't need to have the first match be a cage and then the second match be a ladder match and then the third match be no holds barred and then whatever and keep going. You just let the people involved tell the story and let the wrestling be the story. And I like that. That That's to me that that is right in the crux of what I want out of my pro wrestling. So maybe this is just something that speaks to me and not other fans, and that's fine. But I think this is a very good addition to the future of the next two months of Dynamite. A hundred percent. And the thing is as well, with having having it be a great match every week, superficially, you know that you're just going to tune in and see a great match. Mm -hmm. That's already like a plus, you know? But for... We've announced, because they obviously AEW is very good at announcing matches in advance, and they always do, like, you know, probably about a week in advance, they'll be saying, mm -hmm. here's what's going to come up next week and on the Rampage this week and all that stuff. You know, it's Gallup's famous rundown and all that jazz. But I think saying that from now until, like, mid-January, you're going to get at least one fantastic match every single week. Yeah. That's a plus. And then you have the extra, the extra element of that of, 
this is a best of seven series, there'll be progression through it. Already, I'm so intrigued as to what the next match is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is going to make me personally want to tune in to the next week's show to see the next progression of this story. The fact that now the elite have gone 2-0 down, mm -hmm. are they going to go 3-0 down and try and do like a reverse sweep story? Are they going to like, are they going to be despondent and be like, guys, we've lost two in a row. We need to like kind of, you know, pick, pick our game up kind of thing. I don't know whether like the the they were being obviously they were being extra cocky because they were in Chicago and they were playing up that element of the story, and that was kind of a sub story to the the overall story of the Death Triangle and the Elite. But I don't know whether they're now going to take that in a different direction from here and what different aspects of the story we're going to see because there's also an internal story within Death Triangle also happening at the same time. Right. This like we've been saying one of our favorite storylines currently of the Bloodline. There's so many layers to this best of seven series that just looking at it on paper and going like, it's the same match seven times, I think is very disingenuous mm -hmm. to what it actually will end up being. Uh, and that level of, um, in, in to a degree, fan service, just saying, you guys really like these teams? Watch them wrestle a lot. Enjoy all the donuts in the world. <laughs> It's pretty much that. It's like, oh, you like this thing? Well, here's more of it. And that is a really good reward for fans who care. And a lot of people care about both Death Triangle and the Elite. And especially with the Elite coming back to the company now. They feel a bit more fresh and renewed and a bit more intriguing than they were before. And they were already intriguing before. Mm -hmm. So having this extra element to it is a really nice thing for fans to buy into for the future of the company. And on top of that, Unless you had anything else you want to say about the Elite specifically. Nope, not terribly. Another element of this that I wanted to, to, to touch on as well is, of course, MJF is your AEW World Champion. This is something that I think has been foreshadowed since basically the start of AEW. More or less. Pretty much you could see that, like, at some point, MJF is going to be World Champion. You got the vibe that that's where they were probably going to go. It has now finally happened. Three years after AEW debuted, MJF is your World Champion. What does AEW with MJF as the world champion look like? That is an intriguing question. That is something that will make fans tune in week on week. And the fact that this week on Dynamite, they said, you'll have to wait another week, is a very risky tactic, but I think they totally made it work. Because, one, it's a great heel tactic, just to be like, oh, boo, we have to wait more. But also they gave you another element of the story. Right. They didn't just not address it at all. They had the interaction between Moxley and Danielson and Regal, and that was really intriguing. The psychological edge of what Regal's betrayal on Moxley looks like is, again, another thing that will make people want to watch the show. It's all these elements of, in in the before times, before Full Gear, and when we were talking about when we had kind of the downturn in AEW, I think, superficially, there was some good wrestling. And that was it. There was a lack of depth mm -hmm. and and uh, intrigue and subtlety to AEW's uh, programming, which is something that a lot of fans really like. And that is, I think, all these elements of great stories, the MGF one, the Elite one, it's this kind of thing that is going to hook people back in and make people excited for every show, rather than just like, I'm going to watch a good show. It's like, no, I can't wait to see the next show. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different feeling. And I think the MGF story in particular is one where 
it's unprecedented territory to have MGF as world champion. And what AEW looks like with MGF as its champion is tantalizing for me. I think for a long time, I don't disagree with any of that. I think it speaks to a larger uh, benefit that AEW can can act on coming out of full gear, where the lead into full gear felt like we're waiting for a lot of these storyline beats to happen. Mm. MJF becoming world champion, Jamie Hayter becoming women's champion, the breakup of Keith Lee and Swerve, mm. the breakup of Samoa Joe and Wardlow. There are so many things that we were sitting there and we we're like, when is this going to happen? Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what's going to happen until after it happens. And maybe some of that was being impatient, but there were also other bits of it where pieces of the stories were a little bit feeling not stale necessarily, but like we were kind of running on a on a treadmill. Mm. You know, we'd we'd seen Moxley have matches as world champion, good matches on TV for like half the year at that point. Mm -hmm. And he did a very good job, but it felt like, okay, we're waiting to get to full gear so that we can have MJF as world champion and see what he's gonna do with it. That was the conversation. And now you're coming out of full gear, and there are so many different elements of the storytelling and various rivalries and whatnot that they have that I need to see what happens next in them. Mm. And I was talking last week about how like a year ago when I really was into the, the dynamite programming that we had, it was because from top to bottom, every story they were telling, I was like, oh, I got to see what happens next with Dante Martin and Team Taz. Mm. I'm interested in that. I got to see what happens next with Punk and, and Eddie Kingston or then Punk and MJF and you go down the list of every storyline they were telling at the time, and I was into every single one of them. And I didn't feel that way prior to Full Gear. Mm. Now, there are quite a few things where I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. And it's holding my attention from segment to segment to segment throughout a whole show. If I never get stuck on a segment where I was like, oh, I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. oh, this is one that I'm just bored of or whatever. That's good. And this, again, is where I think, ask me in six months if the, pro if the problem is fixed, because, yeah, this was a good episode of Dynamite. Yes, boys might be on next week, and I'll have the same issues that I've been having. It's entirely possible, you know? But at the same time, I've got the House of Black return to look forward to, which is something we haven't even touched on yet. Mm -hmm. They're back and in the mix, and that's very exciting. The House of Black is back. Back in black. You got MJF's world championship reign and all the details that are still yet to unfold to look forward to there. You've got a great elite death triangle match every week to look forward to. I am super intrigued about what they're going to do with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland as a rivalry or whatnot. If they can hold off a singles match until revolution between those two, that will be one of the pay-per-view matches I am most looking forward to on that show, regardless of what else is on the card. And you just keep going down that list like Ricky Starks is number one contender. I want to see more of Ricky Starks on TV. And now I have a reason to believe that he will be on TV more in a prominent featured position. Jamie Hayter is women's champion. I want to see what's going to happen there. And obviously they're still building to something with her and Britt Baker. How long that's going to take. I now have a more of a reason to keep my attention during the Jamie Hayter segments. Because it's not just watching her not do the DAD, DAD, DMD hey. thing. Shout out to Luke. Get well soon. Shout out to Luke. But it's not just that. It's now something more. Mm. I've been given a lot more all at once of a bunch of different things that I could have been interested in and now am. Samoa Joe is TNT champion. We didn't even get Samoa Joe on Dynamite this week. I want to see Samoa Joe a lot. 
coming out of this as a double champion, have him do maybe some sort of open challenge type deal, defend those titles more frequently. I am super intrigued with that. There's so much now that I can look forward to on Dynamite every week. And that to me is probably the most important part of all this. I will look forward to the program every single week. And there are, sing- there are things that are going to keep my attention throughout the entire show, whereas they wouldn't have previously. Uh, another uh, point of finality, I think, at Full Gear as well with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yeah. That was a, a plate that had been spinning for quite a long time. And they've finally been like, here's a steel cage match. Jungle Boy wins. Everybody feels good. Yay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. And even on this show, we just got a little promo from Jungle Boy being like, I won. I'm great. And that's fine. We don't have to have everybody from Full Gear on this show, of course. But just like it, it just continued and been like, no, this is like the end point of it. Be excited for Jungle Boy going forward. Mm-hmm. Jade's uh, got her belt back. <laughs> Jade's Same got thing. a belt back. Um, and even though there wasn't like a story set up with Jade Cargill, apart from with Bow Wow, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but whatever. Yeah, she kicked Kira Hogan out of the group. At the very least, that can be like a TV championship match. Perhaps. Sure. Yeah. It's something to tide us over from now to the next pay-per-view, which isn't for months. It's, what, till February, March? Late February, early March, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Crikey, it's a long time. Um, we've got Winter is Coming before then, though, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, shaping up to be an interesting show already. Looking forward to that one. Um but uh, yeah, just like you said, like the the, I I think that's a, a a really good point about the fact that there were a lot of plates spinning from all out to full gear, a lot of things either like got delayed or got um, changed, not necessarily just because of brawl out, but just like you know, uh, with the uh, Christian Cage stuff, that got changed all out. There was a lot of like things that we wanted to see happen that then got pushed back or things that we knew were going to happen but like immediately after all out but then we had to wait until full gear for that to happen right there was a lot of build up from all out to full gear to full gear and it took a while to get there because we also had to trudge through the whole brawl out stuff at the same time so then by the time we got to full gear and everything paid off we're like okay now we can breathe let's get back to what we were doing let's continue forward and i think it is that that air of change. The yeah. winds of change are blowing throughout AEW. This dynamite felt fresh. Fresh. It's a good word to put it. Good word for that. Yeah. It, it did feel new and exciting. And like I... Uh, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. Because I, d- I don't want to say that they don't care. Because of course they cared about the product between All Out and Full Gear. But it feels like there's an extra element of care Inspired. put into it. We were saying that... AEW felt uninspired yeah. before. And now it feels like, okay, they've got a little bit more of that mojo back. They feel mm. a little bit more inspired to do something. Yeah. They've got new toys to play with. And now all of a sudden there's an increased level of excitement, both with the fans and with the show itself. Mm. Just, again, having new faces, even if they're returning faces on the show, it injects new life into all of this all of a sudden. Yeah. It, it it really does feel like a a new show, an exciting show once again, and I think it is that uh, the element of excitement wasn't there. I think especially from All Out as well, we knew that MJF had the chip and was going to cash in and become world champion. We're like, but we have to wait until Full Gear because we thought it might happen at Grand Slam, yeah. but Grand Slam was so soon after All Out. It's like, okay, it's not happening there. No, we need to wait. Okay, so we're just spinning that plate until we get to Full Gear. It did feel like a very long wait. It felt like a very long time, even though it's only a couple months. It felt like a lot longer uh, in that, that that little interim period. Uh, but yeah, but I'm I'm very glad now that post full gear, 
it it feels different. And I do think that a lot of the points that we mentioned on last week's episode have started to be addressed. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With the, like, as we mentioned before, like the, the rise of Ricky Starts going for the, the MJF thing, I think in a few weeks' time, post winter is coming. I think then we're going to really start seeing whether this stuff is followed through up, uh, followed through or not. Yeah. In particular, the Ricky Starks example of he's going to get that championship match at Winter is Coming. What happens afterwards? Well, Do, he's does he win, just obviously? Obviously, yeah. But does he just fall back down the card again? Because if that is the case, I don't know if it's enough. Like I think that the booking of Ricky Starks in the tournament was really good. A very good underdog babyface story doing so much wrestling in, in a short space of time on Rampage Full Gear and the Dynamite after, you know, having the tape uh, over his ribs and shoulder and stuff like that was really good. 
and it, it it's made him feel like a much bigger deal because of that booking and, and the the babyface rise of him it's great but i worry that after we get past winter is coming the next kind of big show that they're building to right now that we might see them kind of slip back into the old ways of not following through on a lot of the organic fan reactions to a lot of these people well that to me is an, like it's an interesting point because i think there are a section of of wrestling fans that do not think that a person simply being featured each week or regularly is like a step up the card mm. where i don't necessarily need ricky starks to be you know in the world championship title program for the next 6 months for him to be a step above where he was you know because that's just not realistic there aren't enough spots around for everybody to be featured there you'll get your your run like he's about to from full gear to to winter is coming mm. but after that again it's how they follow up on it and to me if Ricky Starks is simply put in a long, not even necessarily like a long running storyline, but give him more than he was getting before. He had the powerhouse Hobbs thing, which was fine. It was a solid little piece of business that culminated and that was it. But I need like something new. I need a new storyline, a new rivalry. I don't know who, if you just look at the landscape of AEW and everything right now, who you could pair him up with, which dancing partner he could grab. But I need something where he's not going to just slip back down the card. He needs to be in a featured position. He needs to be someone that you make sure is booked on the pay-per-views in probably a singles match, unless they want to put him in another tag, which all depends on the circumstances of everything. He, to me, is one of those guys that is a pillar of AEW, where he is your world championship guy in maybe another two years. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even that long. But he is a guy that should be featured heavily and should be given a chance to be given the ball and run with it. I was just trying to think of potential uh, feuds for Starks post-MGF. Because what, what I'm really hoping out of the MGF feud is we get some real serious promo time for Ricky Starks. Because mm -hmm. I think that is where he's really going to shine. People have seen how great he is in ring at this point, And he's cut the occasional great promo. People have been like, damn, he can really talk. I want him to have the star-making promo in his feud against MGF. And I think with MJF and potentially William Regal mixed into the story, he can. Mm -hmm. I think the capability is there if they have the, the right story for it. And I'm hoping he can take that to the next feud afterwards. And I was just kind of running through a list of names in my head as to who the next one could be. And I have a couple of interesting choices. I wouldn't be against him going against Samoa Joe. I was going to say he would be a prime candidate in my mind to be a TNT champion mm. in the near future. Absolutely. Yeah. Going against Samoa Joe, I think it'd be a very interesting feud. I wouldn't be against him going against Chris Jericho. Mm. um as well i think that would be an interesting feud um uh and what was the other name that i just thought of uh oh i've lost it oh, come back please. to me i okay now this entirely depends on where they're gonna take the john moxley brian danielson william regal interaction feud thing whatever is gonna happen with that whoever the heel out of that story could be whether that be a danielson who kind of sort of aligns with regal doesn't actually align with regal doesn't condone his actions but it's like no you you can't go against regal i love that man 
and kind of turns on Moxley a little bit or whether Moxley snaps and just like starts trashing everybody because he's Mox and that's what he does. A Mox or Danielson versus Ricky Starks feud, I think could be very cool. I don't even think there's motivation for Mox to do a feud if he loses to MJF and Mox is like, why are you going for my title? That thing that I was cheated out of, you don't get to come in here and just take try and take that title away before I've even had a chance to, to get it back kind of thing. Like there, there's there's a psychological edge to Moxie's mm-hmm. character now that I think they could make if Moxie's not going on vacation. I don't know whether he is or not. Um, but I think like that sort of a, a very high caliber feud with names like a Samoa Joe, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, that mm-hmm. like up high upper mid car, close to main event level feud. I think is what's going to be needed post MGF for Ricky Starks to maintain that kind of aura that he has about him right now. Yeah, you could literally just put him in a feud with someone who's perceived as above him mm. and have them be per- uh, portrayed as being on equal ground. Exactly. Maybe not at the start, but by the end of the feud, they should be equals in terms of star power, in terms of position in the company, that sort of thing. And yeah, that might be a little bit more difficult with like Mox, a three-time world champion and everything like that, but... That is how you make, that's how you give someone the rub, mm. as they say. Yeah. It's just another example, again, of like, yeah, talk to me in six months. Mm-hmm. We'll see where things are at. Yeah. Because that is where I will really start building that goodwill back with AEW. I said a lot that I loved watching the young stars of AEW, like, develop before my eyes. Mm. Whether that be... John Silver and Alex Reynolds being just the the two jobbers that they had before they joined the Dark Order. And then next thing you know, they're having great world tag team championship matches with the Young Bucks or whoever on, on Rampage and everything. And it goes all the way down the roster, whether it be Dante Martin or Jungle Boy or whoever. I want to see more of that. That is the sort of thing where if they... Get that back on their side. I will be locked in and totally happy to suspend my disbelief and give them the the benefit of the doubt. If they make a booking decision that I might not agree with, I'll be like, okay, I believe that you're going to get your young stars to where they need to be. And I think Ricky Starks is a great one to start with. And if you can look at him compared to where he was when he came into the company and just at the end of whatever his next feud is, whatever that is post-MJF, if he's in a better position then than he was post Powerhouse Hobbs, I will consider that a massive success. I would really like a high profile feud that he wins post MJF. Mm-hmm. I think he can totally get away with beating a Chris Jericho, for example, and that would really elevate him in kind of the eyes of the fans and things like that. Or if it's for the TNT title against Samoa Joe and he wins the TNT title, that's awesome. I think he'd be a great TNT champion. Or whether it is against like a, a perceived main event talent like a Moxie or a Danielson or whatever and comes away with a big victory in that one. Like we've seen like, well, I was going to say the effect of Daniel Garcia, but you know. Then they did the other story, um, but his win over Danielson, like that was just like a, oh my God, this guy's a a, a big deal. Like Very we, elevated, we, we need yes. to We need to take this guy seriously. Is that level of, damn, like you said, on kind of like the totem pole of AEW, facing someone who's above you in the on the totem pole in terms of fan perception and then beating them or coming very, very close kind of thing. And that kind of like a star-making performance of like the Wheeler Utah type mm-hmm. match where you come very close, you don't win, but it's okay, you earn their respect out of it. That sort of caliber of feud is what I'd need for Ricky Starks post-Winter is Coming, I think. 
Um, but regardless of what they do, I'm I'm now. I personally have more goodwill to AEW than I did before, and it is a step, as we've mentioned. It's not completely big AEW mark again, but it is a step, and I do feel like any kind of minor booking decisions I don't necessarily agree with. You know, like I mentioned before, it's like Jade Cargill and Bow Wow and firing Kira Hogan. I'm like, okay, sure. But you know what? I'm just going to let that go. You do that. That's fine. And I can move past it because this is something that we've mentioned on countless reviews. There's so many good things to focus on on a show. There's so many plus ones, Mm -hmm. so many positives to look at that anytime there are these small incongruencies or things that don't feel right or pet peeves or nitpicks or whatever, these little negative ones, that you can just push them to the side because you've got so much other positive stuff to focus on. When you don't have those positives to focus on and you start to see these little negative ones and little uh, things that, that annoy you on a show, that's the thing that you focus on more because you don't have the positives to outweigh it. And I think now we're seeing a lot more of these positives come in. We can kind of brush those small negatives to one side uh and it just makes for a a much more enjoyable experience when watching the show i totally like i totally agree that to me is the key to enjoying any show is just being able to look at if if the the positive ones the little plus ones that we talk about if they greatly outnumber the negative ones on the show then yeah you are more forgiving of those negative ones for a while, that very much wasn't the case, whether it be with Raw or SmackDown, as we talked about, or NXT or whatever. And I don't want to say that the negative ones were were outnumbering the the positive ones on the on the recent AEW broadcasts and everything. But coming out of this episode of Dynamite, it felt like the positives are greatly outweighing the negatives. There's a lot more to be excited about than be be down in the dumps about. And that, to me, is just, again, it goes back to the vibe mm. of everything. Yeah. You got to live for the vibes. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Anything else, vibes are, are what the universe is actually It passed the vibe check. It passes the vibe check. Yeah. Whether it's film or TV or just people in general, mm. if you're bad vibes, I don't want no part of you. Guess, this who, show guess who, but was, with vibes only. Yeah? Yeah. That's, it works. Are you racist? According to the... <laughs> People who haven't seen the video, that's, that's, a, that's a weird line to say. Get on it, board. Go it, subscribe to No Rules Bard. It worked for the algorithm because it had the word vibes in it. Vibe is is the, the word of the day, apparently. Vibes are very important. Vibes are very important. And I think the, like you said, the uh, when the positives so greatly outweigh the negatives, it is a better vibe to a show. And like you said, I don't think it w- it was ever the, the case that the negatives outweighed the positives. It's just that they became a lot more noticeable mm-hmm. because the positives had decreased. You started to see a lot of things that you didn't see before on AEW uh, programming or that you'd seen but you brushed aside. And you started to, to hang on those negatives a little bit more and think about them more and just be like, why is this annoying me? Oh, I don't actually like this thing. Whereas before, even if it was exactly the same thing, but you had other positives on the show, you'd be like, "Eh, I don't agree with that. Oh, well, and then you'd move on. Mm. And then that's fine. And you don't have to dwell on it. But when you think about it more, it starts to to, to fester in your mind a little bit more. And then you you start thinking about it. You don't enjoy the show as much. Um, But I'm so happy as someone who is a fan of pro wrestling. And honestly, as someone who wants AEW to succeed, because I just think having more good wrestling is a plus. 
Uh, I'm so glad of this past week of AEW programming. I'm so happy that that's the way it went. Part of me was terrified that we'd come out of full gear and be like, hmm, mm-hmm. it's not the best show they've ever done. You know? Oh, I don't really agree with a lot of the booking choices or can't believe they made that decision or that finish sucked or whatever. Coming out of that show and just being like, that was great. And then you come out of Dynamite and go, that was great is such a needed step. And it's, I know we're kind of repeating ourselves a lot in this show, but like you mentioned, if they just keep putting on great shows and having, and they really have the capability now with the best of seven series, with the rise of Ricky Starks, him having more screen time, the MGF story, Moxley and Danielson, Jamie Hayter, like there's a lot of real big positives to not guarantee, but to, you can be assured that you will see a great show when you tune into Dynamite. And that, as we mentioned, is an assurance they didn't have before. I'm very happy it's the direction it's gone. You know what's honestly, like, probably the biggest plus one that we haven't even talked about? Mm. And it's not, like, new to this past week, but just a change compared to how things were, like, in September and everything. Mm. There hasn't been a goddamn backstage fight or anything like that in a little while. Like My god, yeah, you're right. Just the vibe being a little bit calmer. Mm. Everybody just being a little bit more on track. Yeah. You know, like, Brawl Out was the worst of it. But it was always something. Like, we'd come on here and be like, well, I guess we gotta talk about Sammy Guevara and Andrade mm-hmm. having a fight. You know, or just talks of every, people being unhappy mm-hmm. and... Locker room discourse and Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa hate each other and like so many different things. We haven't heard any of that sort of negativity as of late. No. And maybe that'll change if the yep. trolling of CM Punk continues. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I think just having that locker room a little bit more relaxed compared to how things were is a massive vibe check. I think it translates to on screen. I think when, it does. When you have all this stuff happening backstage, you can you can feel it when you're watching. And now we're not feeling it, which is great. And I'm not saying that everyone's happy and friends and everybody gets along, because I'm sure that isn't the case, because there's a lot of, you know, it's a wrestling locker room. I'm sure there's people that don't get on or don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But the fact that people can just get on with it and do their work and wrestle and, and put on a good show for the fans... It makes it so much better, so much more enjoyable. And especially with, you know, the one thing that really stood out to me on this week's Dynamite was with the trolling of CM Punk with with the Elite. Like, the biting arm spot. If you weren't super into the brawlout stuff, you probably wouldn't get what that spot was referencing, right? Sure. If you If you didn't know about any of the details of Brawlout. You just knew that they'd been suspended and that's it. Of the spots, that was the most inside baseball. For sure, yeah. That spot got huge reaction from the crowd, right? There are a lot of people that are, especially at the live crowds of AEW. Especially in Chicago. Especially in Chicago, that would understand the inside references, the things that are happening backstage in AEW, and the reports that are coming out. And it, it translates to the fans as well. When you hear all these reports of these people don't like each other, these people are unhappy backstage, the, uh, this person isn't happy with their creative in AEW, blah, 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 blah. As a fan watching it, you feel that presence on you when you're watching it. 
And we've spoken before about like some crowds recently in AW, like they're a bit quiet. Like, oh, this doesn't really translate very well. And I don't think it's a coincidence with that, that we had a lot of negative, like a lot of negative vibes towards AEW. There's a lot of negative sentiment surrounding it and quieter, less invested crowds. I don't think that's a coincidence. AEW crowds in particular really are into the backstage reports and news and things like that. And now we have more positive reports coming out of AEW. They had really great shows. The Elite are back. Best 7 Series, Jamie Hayter, MJF, all this positive stuff that's coming out about AEW. I feel like you can feel it in the crowd as well. They want to like the show more. And that is another big boon. Having more invested crowds makes for more exciting shows. I think it, it really matters. You, I, I don't think we can state that enough, that it really matters the backstage environment and how that translates to on the screen. I think you're absolutely right. And I was thinking a little bit about this earlier today as well, because for so long, I was thinking about CM Punk again, as just I'm one to do at this point, mm. and thinking about how he's... He's this like anti-authority figure in wrestling at mm -hmm. this point. He's this like mythological anti-authority being that just sure. wanders into companies. And everybody looked at how he exited WWE mm. and he became like a martyr mm. over it. Right. He lost his his career and everything and he left wrestling and whatnot. Mm. And it was because WWE was a heel company. Yes. And then you look at AEW and how they've portrayed themselves and how they've been portrayed by many in the business over the last few years. And AEW has always been the babyface company. Sure. That was a vibe and that was a, a portrayal that all of a sudden, all of a sudden wasn't carrying as much weight over the last few months mm. where all of a sudden you get people that are unhappy. You get Brawl Out. You get CM Punk, who everybody was so thrilled, was back in wrestling and was doing this incredible run. All of a sudden, he's not happy. And, and he's out of AEW, whatever the case ends up being. There's so many things that all of a sudden... I mean, when Tony Khan came on the screen after All Out to announce that all the championships have been stripped, he was booed. Mm. He was booed in that. And that wasn't the case couple years ago when he would make his brief appearances and whatnot it was thank you sir for giving us this new wrestling company that we all love and really appreciate it was all of a sudden now the company of aew was starting to turn heel a little bit not yep. through their own you know not not by design but in the views of the fans that there was so much negativity going on both with the booker and with you know, the top stars and everything like that. Yeah. That all of a sudden, there wasn't that just positive outlook on the promotion anymore. And that, to me, was always maybe AEW's biggest strength was mm. that goodwill. It was that positive vibe that you get watching it because they were the babyface company. If you take that away, I don't think that they're nearly as successful. And now I think that is part of what we're starting to see kind of slowly come back. Pleading this whole roundabout conversation that we're kind of having about just the vibes of the show and everybody's attitude and that sort of thing. I think it goes a lot deeper than just like the last few months by any means. I think this is something that has been completely ingrained into the very like DNA of AEW and that's how important it has been and how important it is to keep that level of positivity and goodwill with your fans 
from now and going forward because without it, like you can be the number one publicly traded company and be the heel and you'll still have a certain amount of fans that will never turn it off. You can't do that as number two. You have to be a popular babyface company that people will want to support. Yep. You can't just have your hardcores going to the going to the shows. Like you need to have that sort of, you know, that that draw, that aura to other people where they look at it and it's a fun show and everybody's having fun and whether they are or not, it needs to project that level of positivity. And that to me is just so so important right mm. now. Yeah. Well, I think I don't have too much else to say on the subject. Um but I'm very glad that this is the way it's gone. I'm very happy for AEW right now, and I really hope this momentum continues. It's a more fun conversation than we've had to have the last few months of AEW. For sure, and I'm very glad that that is the case. Uh, thank you for watching this episode of the Blackpool Content Club. Uh, they're gonna If they disband the Blackpool Combat Club... We hitched our wagon to the wrong horse. We really did, didn't we? It's a good name, though. That's right. We'll change it to the Quinoa Appreciation Society. It'll be fine. Uh, uh, thank you so much for watching. Really do appreciate it. If you haven't, please do subscribe to the channel. We do loads more podcast content. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be these guys doing not only the reviews of SmackDown and Rampage, but also we'll be doing the live reactions for Survivor Series as well. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a real long day, but we're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. Um... So yeah, please do subscribe. We're going to have a podcast review of Survivor Series War Games as War well. Games. War Games! <coughs> Jesus. <laughs> not built for this. <laughs> You're no regal, that's for sure. Uh, so yes, please do subscribe and like the video. Uh, I've been Chubb and Pete Quinnell. I've been joined by Tempest. We're two-thirds of the Blackpool Contact Club. Get well soon, Luke. And jam that jam. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.